God is good. Let me see if I can. Uh, uh, what I want to share this morning, and I, I wish that. Uh, forget that, okay. Uh, sometime in this week, in my prayer, uh, God remind, and, and I was praying through Psalms, and one verse really hit me. And, and really hit me, and, and I was praying through, and this verse, Psalm 46, and it says, Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. As I was praying through this verse, as I saw this, I realized this is really the uh, story of uh, the Magi who, who came to see, see baby child Jesus, and which talks about in Matthew 2. And I knew what I needed to share this Sunday. And, and I, so last Sunday, I've been uh, begin to speak and teach on, and on the uh, familiar stories of Advent. And last week, we began with John, John, where John does not mention anything about the birth of Jesus. It began by saying, in the beginning. We looked at it. Today, we want to look at very familiar story that we all know. I, and and um, stories are important. And I find that uh, the narrative stories and a lot of God's truth is really embroiled and put it into stories that carries his heart, not only some truth, but also his desires and, and, and a lot of things in it that communicate more than a expose or some teaching will do. And the story that we know, and I wanted to go back and look at it a little bit, see what God is reminding us, teaching us in this Advent Christmas season. The title of my message is Wise Seekers. And the text is Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. Now, you know the story of Magi. And, you know, and what I want to do slowly, go to like a little bit teaching sermon, okay? I want to go do a little teaching sermon. I want to look at it a little bit. And because this is a familiar story, we all, we think we know the story about Magi. The three Magi, they came riding on cameras, right? Of course, that's not true. But, you know, you have all the stories and legends, the supposed names of those magi and everything else. And because you have the stories which is not told so many times, and often we forget some of the important details. I wanted to look at those important details, see what God is saying. Okay. Let me, let me so this is how I do my Bible studies. Let me, let me read this verse slowly, okay? As you know, I'm a father. Fresh of the boat, okay? My reading English is not that good, okay? And it may not sound as nice as those, you know, the Bible apps where they read to you. I love those apps. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, you know the story. Before you go on, I need to look at a few things here. It says, now... After Jesus was born. Magi didn't come when, when, when Jesus was born in a baby in a manger. He didn't. He says, after he was born. Very interesting, interestingly, in, the, in Matthew's gospel, he doesn't mention anything about how his birth happened. He talks about this story about Magi coming. 
and takes whole chapter on the story to say this is important for us to understand what's going on here. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, we don't know how long he was already born. He's not a baby anymore. In the days of Herod the king, the magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. That magi from the east is important. Because Roman Empire that was governing the whole world, the, the time of Palestine was in west. East meaning this is not from Rome. It is probably from Babylon and Persia. This is where the, those who are not with Roman Empire are from. Okay? And Magi, you know, and we have many different thoughts about Magi. It's not really magicians. They are scholars, astrologers, philosophers. Often they were related to the king's court in Persia, you know, like, like Daniel was in the book of Daniel. And this, these, these scholars who are sort of like uh, re- related to some government and their uh, advisors comes to Jerusalem. Now, it was not, no way it says it's three. Now, the thing is, if these were very highly educated royal people coming, then they would have come in a big caravan of people. They have a lot of soldiers protecting them as well. So when they came into Bethlehem, it was not a small party. It was a, quite a big party. And so look at the stories. And, goes, and, and they kept saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. I, be, I know you heard this story many times. But think about it. There's something interesting happening here. These are not Jews. These are people from far, probably about a thousand miles away in a pagan country in probably Persia and Parthians. They, and they, they come and say, where is the one who was born as a king of the Jews? We, we saw his star. We come to worship him. Apparently something happened. These, these uh, if you want to call it Gentiles, are coming to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, looking for the king of the Jews. Where did they hear all this? They said they saw a star. Apparently they looked at the stars and all that, and they thought these constellations and different things happening showed that something happening in different regions of the world where a king in the land of Judah would be born. But, and so there are things going on. Now, now um, so here's the thing. Many scholars think this way too, but here's the thing. If you look at the story, you look at the further in the story, now we also know that the Magi saw a star at least two years ago. For the two years, they were searching, seeing what this thing is about. Apparently, they did a lot of search and research and things. And in Babylon, where Daniel used to be there with with all the, all the, uh, the information, the prophetic words he got about the coming of the Messiah and all those things. Apparently, in their studies, in their seeking about what this star meant, they got to hear about Judea, Jews, and some of the promises of God. There's some of the things. This is what is in this story here. That's how, why, this is why they came. If he's the king of the Jews born, where would he be born? Where would you come and look for except the capital of that country, Jerusalem. They come to Jerusalem. Look at what it says. And the Herod the king 
heard this, he was troubled. Some version says he was terrified. And all Jerusalem with it. Now, is a, let me give you a little, little ex, ex, explanations, right? Herod was appointed as a king by the Roman Empire. He was not a Jew. He was an Arabian, Arab. He was an Edomian. And he was actually trying to help Israel, Jews, but the people in the Jews, Jews didn't really trust him. He was a vicious man. He was very insecure, man. Any threat to his kingship, he killed them all. And he, this king Herod heard this thing, and he was troubled, and all the Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired them, where would Messiah to be born, was to be born? He apparently realizes it's more than just, he was appointed a king. This is king is to be born a king. So the, which means there's a kingly line and all those things happening. So he's not like him. He was appointed a king. So he that's your thought. It must be talking about Messiah. He asked the leaders. And look at what, you know, you know, the, so you know what it says. They said to him, in the Bethlehem of Judah, Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This so rich in this thing. If I do a Bible study, I'll stay on this maybe a couple hours. And God is pro- prophetic word. They see leaders knew the prophetic words that God's promised Messiah will come from Bethlehem, the city where King David was born. This is the city of the king. King, uh, king David was born. And they said, a ruler will rise for Judah. He will not rule, but he'll shepherd my people. Not like King Herod who was with power and with in a, in a strength of iron, in a oppressed people. He's the one who will shepherd my people. Powerful thing. And they knew the word and they told Herod, this is what it is. Look at what it says. The story goes on. And Herod secretly called Magi and asked, determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. You see, when he talked with them, he realized that this was not a baby anymore. It was a child. Because later we will see that they saw a star at least two years ago. At least. So it's not a baby, it's a child, a toddler running around. Kind of thing. And when you, heard, and when you have found him, report to me, let me know. So that I may go and come, I may go and come, I may come and worship him. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But there's no reason Magi, you know, though they would have, you know, disbelieved him. So they, as they leave, he said, look at what he said. After hearing the king, they went their way. And behold, and I know my version, NASB, does not put the behold in there. It should be in there because Greek has a behold in there. Behold, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. You know what it was? You know, apparently, as they were being led by the star, and somehow the star stopped, disappeared. This is where they were end up Jerusalem. Now when they came out of the king, the star showed up again. Begin to lead them. Not only lead, lead them to where the baby is, then they stood over where the baby, the child was. 
It's more than just star out there. It's something else going on. Many people think it's the Shekinah glory of God was leading them, guiding them. And, and stop over the place where the child was. Look at the next verse. I love the next verse. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Actually, the, and I, I think the, all the translators have difficult time trying to translate this verse, this phrase. Literally, literally says, they rejoiced joy greatly, exceedingly. They're trying to make that into a sentence. That's why they, they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. So literally mean they rejoice with joy greatly, exceedingly. They're really happy to see the star again. Really, really happy. So I saw the best Google search I did was this. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I love the picture, doesn't it? And they were happy to see that. And, and, and then when they came in, and then coming into the house, not the manger, the house, and they saw the child with Mary, his mother. Not a baby, okay, it's a child already. And they fell to the ground and worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I mean, we can talk about why those three gifts. Because of those, they gave three gifts, this is what people think there were three magis. There's no place where you can ever justify that. But, and, and this, but the thing that really grabbed me, and made me think about, oh, there's many things we can look into this story. The thing that was really speaking to me was this. And let me just read this verse and go on. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. This dream that happened. Now, uh, the thing that really, as I read this story, something that really, really stirred my heart was, remember last week we looked at John, how God, Advent meaning God, came. He planned from the eternity God who is beginning and, and of all things that God came. When I look at this thing, you know what I see? The heart of God who is searching and seeking people to come to know him. You, see, you know, the story, you, you may think it is magi who are seeking God. That's true. But something else was happening. I see God guiding them every single step of, of the way. That's what I see in this beyond all that thing. And you may think that this magi, this man, these men were seeking God. They were. But I see God prompting them and guiding them many different ways. And, and, and God used all types of means in drawing people to himself. He used the stars, the dreams. He used the word of God. And all these things God used to draw People unto him. Now you're waiting when I'm going to talk about this book, right? I'm going to be talking about this book for forever. You know, the story, uh, this, the, the, there are so many stories that this, uh, actually, I was reminded, the author is not Nick Ripkin. That's his not real name. To make sure it's, it's secure, he used a fake name. And he didn't publish, publish this findings until 10 years later so that nobody will be in, in jeopardy. Remember when Andrew Bunsen was in jail? We were getting emails 
we also send email because we pray for him. And they are saying, what do you know about Andrew Brunson? We were asking. We get email from Germany. Are you friends with uh, Andrew Brunson? When he, when he released, they're asking us. You don't know nothing. And don't, do not email us. We said, do not talk to us. And we just, anyway. And we were telling everybody, do not put too sensitive things on the website. You're putting the, some prayer requests and all those. Um, anyhow, there's a story that I wanted to share uh, this relates to, I want to relate this to today's message. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the I mean, as a Nick uh, missionary to Africa, as he's going all over the world, meeting with over 600 people who are persecuted in difficult times. As he interviewed each of them, at least three hours, three to six hours each, recorded every one of those, and met many people, talked with them. One of the stories he heard was this. And this, there was a man in, in some, I think somewhere in Central Asia, he was, when, when the country was invaded, he was those a militia men. He had a man, about 15 men with him. They would go at night to, you know, uh, really repelled as invaders. And it, he met with this person who was in hiding in the back of the room, and he didn't tell the name. And he was saying how he would go in at night and slit the throat of the enemy. So he asked him, how many did you kill? Personally, after 100, I stopped counting. And not counting how many others he killed in a battle. And so this is a chapter he wrote as toughest man I've ever met. But in the midst of all that, he began to have dreams. His hand was, he spot blood spots on his hands. As the dream went on, and began to, that the, the spots would get bigger, and he began to drip, the blood would drip off his hand over and over. And he thought he was going insane. And then the dream continued on. Finally, he would see those the things in daylight when he's awake. And he thought something's wrong and he went crazy. And he had a dream one night where a dream changed. A man in a white came and said, I am Jesus, the Messiah. If you find me, I, I can wash the blood off your hand. And he didn't know, and he didn't know how to find him. And, and looked everywhere and, and end up, uh, uh, end up uh, uh, finding a Bible and begin to read and, and come to know uh, Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and, and read about Christ when he accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior and, and that dream stopped. Now that place, there was no Christians, no church, no anywhere to go, anywhere to learn anything. So all you have to, whatever, whatever he read in the Bible, whether he understood or not, he tried to obey it. He did whatever, whatever he could. And after that, he began to smuggle Bibles and maybe Jesus' film to all, to share with people. And one day while he was going over the high mountains, some pathways, he saw the 15 men he used to run with. They surrounded him. We heard that you have betrayed us. You are traitor now. Traitor now. And they... Uh, throw him down to the ground, be, be, beating up, wanted to kill him right there and then. And one of the men, one of the men apparently was a secret believer in Christ. The man said, you know what, let's, let's, be too, let's not be too hasty. Rather than killing him right now, let me patch him up. So we, we, need to, we, we want to hear, figure out from him who his contacts are, who are the traitors are, who is connecting with his side or that side, whatever it might be. And, and, and so ended up getting him saved. The, the man believed him and got him saved. And so he talked about how, 
you know, the difficulty he went through and how he share, sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus Christ and all those things. In the midst of all the stories, you know, after about hours of talking, Nick asked, you told me that your wife came to know Christ, your, your children came to know Christ. What about them? He was asking, really, what, what, are they helping you in the, ministry, the thing you're doing? And literally, this guy was hiding behind that shade, but he didn't want to be known who he is. He came out and grabbed, the, grabbed Nick and began to shake. How can God ask it? How can God ask it? I give my life. I will do everything for God. Yes, I will do everything for God, but not my family. How can God ask it? And so Nick, this, this, this guy scaring him. So finally gathered his thought, told about how while he was in Africa before he came back for missions work, how his son died. And told about his stories when I had talked to him and said, is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth it? And after thought, he said, yes, Jesus is worth it. With this, this tough man, tears coming down. He says, yes, Jesus is worth my life. Jesus is worth my wife. He's worth my children. Later, he puts on the bottom of the page. It's about 10 years ago since I met with him. Now I hear that he and his wife and children are joining with him in the work God is doing through him, with him in, the, in that region. Now, I share this story to say how not just uh, this magi, but God has been leading people, drawing people to him. And dreams and signs and wonders and miracles, all these things God uses to bring, bring drawing people to him. God using now. I read about where how Hindus, this is a story about that man is not unusual. A lot of Muslim, they call it MBB, Muslim background believers, are in difficult places to come to know Christ through visions and dreams. Many of them come to know Christ in that way. And in the midst of those, the encounter usually takes two, three years. They have an encounter where they get, get in touch, get in hold of the Bible. They end up reading the Bible cover to cover three, three times and come to know Christ. And they get saved. And God is leading them. And even in this story, you find how God was leading these Gentiles, unlikely people, drawing them to himself with that star. And that got them curious and began to search what this meant and led them to Jerusalem. Should sign, the star sign was enough to lead the Magi to Jerusalem. But it took scripture to lead them to Jesus. You see, I, what, what I see is that everywhere, even, not only then, even now God is drawing people, even doing signs around the dreams and visions, all these things, drawing people to himself. But the thing is, that does not lead you exactly to the Christ. Now, uh, what I see is how God, that points certain direction, and you come to the word of, written word of God where you are able to clearly find Christ. This, is, has, been, this is, has been tested by, attested by many, many testimonies of Muslim believers. How not only they encountered God in many different ways over a period of time, but also they led to finding the Bible and reading the word of God and believing on their own, turning to Christ. And I find when I look at this story of Magi coming to see Jesus, I see 
people who sought after God, but God who is drawing them to himself. God is even doing that right now. The ultimate aim of all God's messages, both miraculous and written, is to shed light of heaven on Jesus. It's all about pointing to Jesus. Miracle signs when this points to Jesus. And the word of God points us to Christ. This is what the, the story of this Magi coming to worship Jesus is about. People who are most least likely coming to meet and find Christ born. Now as a child, how God is leading that, those people. Now, but the, the something else you need to notice is that notice who didn't, who did not make it to Bethlehem. Notice who did not make it to Bethlehem in this story. Surely Herod didn't make it. Surely the, even the priests and the scribes who knew the word of God didn't get there. And even when, even when I read the stories about people coming to Christ in Muslim background, it is not only the dreams and visions they had, it is obedience to it that leads you to find Christ. I mean, many, one of, one, many, out of the many, many stories, one of the stories I heard was this man who was having a difficult time in his family, in, in his life, where um, everything's falling apart. He went to his imam nearby, what do I do? This imam, being a spiritual leader, said, Go get a white chicken. Bring it out. We'll sacrifice for you. You go home, meditate, and fast for three days. On the third day, your, your problem is solved. So he brings the white chicken, and they sacrifice it. He goes home, fast, and meditate. On the third night, he hears a voice without a body. Find the Bible. Find the gospel. He, in, that, in that people group, there are about 24 million people there's only three known Christians in the whole group. No church whatsoever. This guy never heard of what the Bible is, never heard of the gospel. So he said, what the heck is Jesus? Is that fruit? Is that rock? What is it? So he went on a search, and he had another dream. He said, there, the voice said, I want you to go over this, over the mountain, go to the town way down there, and to this town. He doesn't mention where the town is. And, and then when you get there, you see two men, these two men and ask the man, okay, do you know this street? He'll tell you, tell you, say, you go to the street, walk down the street, find the number, you go and knock on the door, tell him what, what you're looking for. So he does that, he that does not know, he goes out, walks across the tracks of the mountain, goes out and gets to the thing. Next morning, early in the morning, he sees two men, as the voice said, and asks them where the street is, and they let him, told him he goes to the street. And walks down the street and finds and the number and goes up, knock on the door. The old man opened the door a little bit and said, yes, can I help you? He says, I came to find Jesus and the Bible. This guy pulls that guy in the door and closes the door. You Muslims, you think I'm stupid. I'm not going to fall up to a trick like this. What? And then this guy, I, I do not know who you are. I'm not lying to you. I don't know whether I'm foolish or not. But he told him the story, how, what the voice he heard. And the voice of the Holy Spirit led this man to one of the three known Christians in whole of the people group. God was leading this person to meet God and find God. 
And when I look at the story about Magi coming, I see even before this man was seeking God, and God was drawing them near to him. God was drawing them near to himself. And finding Christ. Christmas is really about where we are drawn and drawn and to meet Christ. And, and notice who didn't make it. It's not just knowing the word. You need to obey the word and come and find Christ. But that, but that, that it didn't end this here for me. What God was really reminding me was, if God were God who came this world to search for the lost and the broken, what about us who have received his grace? What about us? What is our heart? What is God saying in this Christmas for us? Yes, thank you, God, for saving me. That's true. But what about what we see in this? God is saying, just as I came to seek, you seek those who are lost and broken. Amen? I'm grateful for Naomi and Thomas uh, Jay's story. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean the, what God is doing with them and how moved by God, led by God into places where they need to be found and they find hope that is in God. I think the Christmas is, Christmas is more than us yes, celebrating God's good news and God, how God throws us at himself and we come to worship him. But also his heart that calls us to go after the lost and the, those who need to be found. Amen. I wanted to be a little shorter, but it went a little longer than I thought. I only had 15, 14 slides compared to 35. Okay. You know, sometimes I have 54, but today I only had 15, but it, okay. Okay. Let me go back to the verse and I will end with this. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Are you seeking him? It is those who seek, find him. It is he who is drawing us to seek him. And also I believe, that he, are you seeking him? Are you coming and finding him? But also are we, do we see and those around who may be seeking? and Help them to come to know him. And find him. To worship and fall before him and worship him. Amen. I believe this what story of Magi, Magi coming to worship Jesus tells me today, this season. Let the worship team come.